A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health, and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at franbridgeconsulting.com. That's franbridgeconsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. In today's lesson, we are going to talk about starting a SaaS company without starting a SaaS company. Hey, hey, what is going on, Millionaire University? Yeah, thank you. Th- thank you. Keep, keep it coming, please. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are too great. Seriously, I love you. Welcome to another incredible episode of the Millionaire University podcast. Today, we've got a treat for you because we're going to teach you how to start a business without having to start a business. I'm kind of kidding, but kind of not. So I was at the gym the other day and I was listening to this fascinating podcast about this guy who started a SaaS, AKA software as a service company, but didn't actually own a software product. He didn't create anything. He didn't have to invest anything. He didn't have to risk anything. I was like, wow, this guy is either really smart or really lazy or probably both. Just kidding, Chris, I don't think you're lazy. And I thought it'd be really cool to have him come on the podcast and share a little more with us about what he did and the way he was looking at it. But there was only one problem. I am literally a partner. Like I've invested in another company that is a competitor to his company. 
And so I thought about it for about one microsecond and I was like, screw it, let's do it. I'm a big believer in abundance and my goal is to provide value to you guys. And I wanted to talk to him anyway and thought, shoot, maybe there could be some additional networking opportunities in the future. So we got together on a call yesterday and talked about some really cool things, including how he runs his SaaS company and his marketing agency without having to actually had developed or created or paid for or updated a software of any kind or do any of the fulfillment in the marketing agency that he's starting to branch out into. Not only did we talk about how to make more money with less effort and risk, but also how to improve the way you position yourself and package your offerings in a way that's hard to say no to. We also talked about a few books that have really inspired him. We also talked about family and priorities and a bunch of other cool things that I think you're really going to enjoy. So with that, ladies and gentlemen of the Millionaire University Mafia, without any further ado, I give you the one and only Chris Lolini. I didn't originally want to become an engineer. I wanted to be an astronaut slash spy because I watched Moonraker and the 007 movies back in the day. But long story short, grew up wanting to be an engineer, did undergrad in engineering. My dad had a master's and he lived a comfortable life. So I figured if I had two, I'd probably be rich. So I went back to school and I got two grad degrees. By the way, that doesn't make you rich. Spent about seven and a half years active duty as an officer in the United States Navy, was a nuclear oh, engineer. Wow, Oh yeah, my my pleasure. And then I came out and was a marine engineer for Vigor Shipyards, which was just they built Washington State ferries. So if you've ever ridden on the Tokate or the Samish, those are my handiwork there. And I literally started my company in 2013, about a month after I started that last job. Ran a general agency for about two and a half years in terms of digital marketing, and then I niched down into just reviews only. And now I'm opening the agency up now and about to spin off a second agency as a result of just uh, the hunger and the desire to want to do more things and be a little bit more creative. In terms of the genesis of my mindset there and how I became an entrepreneur is I did a 40-day trek with a buddy of mine named Riley in between my two years of grad school and went through China, Tibet, Nepal, and India. And I read two books while I was over there. One that my brother had recommended for me for probably about five years prior to, and I just said, that's stupid. I'll never be an entrepreneur kind of thing. And it's called, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I know most yeah. people have heard. And then the second one was Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, which a great book, relevant at the time. Don't think it's so relevant now. So if you're trying to add books to your book list. I don't know if that's one necessary, but I did Read have the summary. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was chapter six on lifestyle design. That was the biggest influencer, mm, right? Nice. I think that's why we're chatting, right? Is building a life that you actually want to live as opposed to one that you dread. Yeah. And so it was those two books in the middle of grad school that caused me to doubt everything I'd done prior, all the time I'd invested in education and strike out as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's it. We're going to be traveling for about a year here in a couple months. Where's the one place we should go? You got to go to the Tibetan Plateau, man. Really? And if you can get to Everest Base Camp, it's one of the most beautiful, picturesque places ever. It's also really disparaging to see what the Chinese have done to the Tibetan people, mm -hmm. but it is an awe-inspiring place and someplace that I hope to go back to at some point with my wife and my kiddos because it's just another level, pun right. intended. We'll add it to the list. Something you talked about that I thought was interesting is you started out with an agency. So you were doing a lot of things and then you niched that down and now you're expanding again. Tara and I did an episode called The Hourglass Phenomenon, which I see this a lot. At the beginning, you're not totally sure what you want to do in business. So you start doing a lot of things and then you figure out your niche. And once you get that dialed in, then it's easier to expand from there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think what drove that was number one, just being like, I don't know what's actually going to hit or what people are going to want to buy. And so going at it from, yeah, we do everything. What I realized in those first two and a half years is it's really hard to simply explain what you do. And as a result, it's really hard for people to refer you. Number one. Number two, I think it's hard to explain to a client what they're going to get from working with you. And on top of that, I was a generalist agency. So I was like, I could work with anybody, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. in your mind, it's so hard to think about who would be a good referral for Chris or who should I make an introduction for? So I think that was one of the genesis of moving in that direction and niching down. The other was, is I realized that my brain works like an engineer. So like the creative part of marketing was like, utterly painful. And as we talked about just before the show started, I was literally outsourcing all of it and just being like, Hey, you know what to do. So do it. But the results were meh. So the reviews piece, I could see it as a system and I could treat Mm -hmm. it as a system and I knew how to operate systems. I knew how to optimize systems. And so that's where I was really in my strength. So I think it's just one of those things you got to play to your strength, right? But then you layer on the whole idea of how do you scale and all that kind of stuff. And so like you're saying, I went from a very wide base to narrowing down, which helped a lot of acceleration, allowed partnerships and all that kind of stuff. And now, given all the sort of experiences that I've had, now I'm opening back up, but I'm opening back up in a different way, right? It's not like, hey, I learned nothing in a decade worth of business. It's more of being very cautious. I'm being very prudent in terms of who I'm working with as a customer, who's mm-hmm. going to be a client of mine and how I'm going to serve them and making sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm under promising and over delivering because yeah. that's really where you create momentum that creates a flywheel as opposed to just like starting from scratch again. You have traction now. Yeah. At the beginning, you're like, let's throw a ton of spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. And it's like, ah, this is crazy. Yeah. Let's niche down to here. Some days I'll wake up and if I feel overwhelmed, It just shows I'm taking on too much. But then there's other days where I'm just chilling. You mentioned working a few hours a week. I've been in places like that and it's awesome to try to get there, but then sometimes I get bored. So it's okay, what else can I do? Do I do more of what I'm doing or do I add bolt something else on, but do it in a way where you grow responsibly and you don't get overwhelmed and stuff like that. I love it. Okay, I came on here thinking that you were gonna teach us how to do a white label SaaS product. And I think you said we'll get into that, but you had another direction you wanted to go. And I'm all about it. Bringing on successful people, letting them share what they're currently inspired by today. Like what is on Chris's mind today that you wanna share with the Millionaire University audience? Yeah, again, Justin, thanks for having me on. And my hope really is, I think to teach, right? Just learning from my 10 years of screwing a lot of stuff up, right? It's just, I didn't stop and that's why I'm here and why I have the life that I have. And I feel utterly blessed for all of that. And I think just to underlie everything that I'm about to share is what you were just talking about, Justin. Dude, there's days where I wake up and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? And then there's other days where I'm like, dude, this is awesome. We're jamming on things. Things are epic. And really, I think when you're starting your business, it's probably one in 14 days feels like epic and awesome in a flow state. And I think if you're good, you can get to a place where maybe one to two and seven is good. Sure, there's going to be times or seasons where maybe you're jamming on it four days a week. But the reality of it, and the same thing with anything that you do, is it's those moments that are awesome that just feed you, right? And I was going through that whole experience last week. Just signed another epically awesome, huge client. Probably the biggest client that we signed so far. And yet here I am on Tuesday. Oh, man, things aren't going well. We need more business. We need to grow more. If you feel that need, that hunger in you, that's a good thing. Feed the beast, but also don't flog yourself uh, too much. You don't mean you're doing what you want, Chris, and so you never have to work? You (laughs) never have to work another day in your life because you're doing what you love? Come on. (laughs) Oh, man. I know that's the other myth, right? That nobody tells you once you get on that other side. It's like, 
you don't want that either, man. You want purpose. You want drive. And I mean, my yes. purpose and my drive is my wife and my two kiddos. We're so excited mm-hmm. about that. We're trying to have a third one. That's the other thing I think that's important to get passionate about. I think if you're chasing your own like happiness from a standpoint of an emotional high, like you can't be in that state all the time, nor do you want to. I think you got to choose and you got to find something that will ultimately get the life that you want. Just because you like doing documentaries on street musicians, it doesn't mean that's going to pay the bills and provide for your family and all that kind of stuff. Not to say it's not a worthy cause, but that's not where you're going to probably create a scalable business, right? So it's like this interesting dichotomy where you have to really truly balance out the goals, the objectives, and then making sure that the processes that you're implementing are going to actually get you there. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's dive in, man. Said you're going to share 10. Yeah. 10 years worth of wisdom in the next uh, 15 minutes. Let's start with my business model though. So what I do in straightforward fashion is I help local service businesses get more reviews online. On full transparency, I don't need to hide anything. I use a platform called BirdEye and that platform helps get customers of mine reviews, right? Now, some people would say, oh, you're just white labeling bird eye. You're just selling a software. And I would say, yeah, to the untrained eye, I'm selling a software. And I think this is where a lot of people are maybe getting super excited about, hey, I can white label this software. It's been an exciting time, I think, for digital marketers and doing that. I think one of the softwares out there that you can do that a lot with is go high level, right? And you could manipulate that thing for whatever. And it's great. But the problem is business owners don't want more software in their life, right? They need more software in their business. Like they need a hole in their head, right? It's one of those things that they're just like, I don't get what it's going to do for me. And so I would say that one of the biggest flaws that I had is I was always selling on the features that my product had, Mm. right? Which is where I think a lot of us go, especially when we're new to sales. That's another thing newsflash for you. If you're in business and you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to get good at sales. Now you can hire that out eventually, but you're going to be the one first and foremost, that's going to have to take the punches and the kicks to the teeth and the face to learn what it is that your customers actually ultimately want and value so that you can help articulate that to them effectively to get them to buy your product. And somebody summed it up like this, don't sell software as a service. Because if you're selling software as a service, you're going to just be one more of those guys selling a software, right? And what they're going to do is they're going to try and compare how long is your features list compared to the other guy, right? And what's your Mm -hmm. price versus their price? And it's also not what business owners are looking for. There's maybe 1% out there that came with a Harvard MBA and they're super excited about technology and all the little things that they can do. The majority of them just want solutions to problems Mm -hmm. that they have. So you got to figure out, number one, if there's something that you feel is a good solution to problems is then how do you solve that problem and how do you communicate that to customer. So instead of doing SaaS, software as a service, I would do SaaS, spelled the same way, that's service alongside a software. And the idea is that's where you add the value. So for example, and I'm giving you all my secrets here, is where the value and why people buy from me and they don't buy from BirdEye, right? Because we're the same price. Why wouldn't I just go with the big hegemony? No, I'm just kidding. Why wouldn't I go with the big tech company? Number one over there, You're going to deal with customer service reps that are getting back to you in 24 to 48 hours. And chances are they're going to read from a script or a frequently asked question. They're going to copy and they're going to paste. When you reach out to me and my team, we're a small business. We're a small team. We work with all of our customers intimately. We understand how businesses operate. We understand why businesses are using our product and we understand how they're actually using the product. So what we actually do, number one, is we will work and use other technologies that our clients don't have to learn or figure out or use to make sure that whatever they're currently using is communicating and automating the whole process using BirdEye. So what we're doing is we're actually bridging that gap for them. Because a lot of times what people will do is BirdEye looks awesome, they buy it, they don't use it. 
because the idea of uploading a customer list every week sounds insurmountable. Once a month sounds doable, but let's be honest, they do it like once a quarter and paying 300 bucks a month for something you're going to do once a quarter doesn't really make sense for them. Mm -hmm. But where we provide value is we come in, we set up the whole connection between whatever they're currently using and BirdEye so that they're getting reviews on autopilot so they get the value of the reviews. It's totally automated. It's a system that just goes into the background and just operates for them and consistently delivers results so that they never have to ask the question, hey, is it working? Or hey, what are you guys doing again? Or hey, how is it going? Right. Um, on top of that, we do some tweaks in terms of using that system, but kind of like tuning it. Imagine if you got a brand new Ford Mustang, right? Like you could always go and get that tuned up. You could get the Roush racing kit on it or whatever. Right. So it's like one of those things that that's what we help people do with that. And typically our response rate with BirdEye's platform using our sort of verbiage and copy and stuff like that is like 200% whatever they're doing with regular BirdEye. Awesome. And we know that because as a reselling partner at BirdEye, like we communicate with their bigger team. Anyways, so there's where your value comes in, right? And who wouldn't want to operate the same system for the same price at more efficient level and more effective in terms of operation and execution. So that's what I would say. If you're trying to take a software, take that software and add value to it. Because then you can also charge 2X or whatever of it because you're mm -hmm. adding it and you're leveraging it in a way. Because most people want done for you systems, right? And so this is just an easy way to do that. And most of your clients don't know you're using BirdEye. We white label it though, right? So they don't know, but you still give them great value because you want them to continue to pay. So. Yep. Yeah, cool. I would say 1% of my clients know that it's BirdEye. And that was only a discussion because they were getting hit over the head from Podium, yeah, who's yeah. the second, the number two in the space, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, hey, Podium's hitting me up with this, that, and the other thing. And they do this. And I'm like, hey, just so you know, right? You're using BirdEye, but you're yeah. using it through us, right? <laughs> yeah. And BirdEye is better than Podium. And we can do all those things and we could do them better for you, right? Totally. Yeah. So Love great it. question. And so what I would do is whatever you have, make sure that it helps and it assists the client. Some of the things I'm going to share are, are insights, I would say, that I had created and had in my life, but I was made aware by two people. One of them that I'm really been listening to a lot is Frankie Finn. He's a marketing guy. He's got a great book called Beyond Agency Profits. Definitely pick it up, support him. He's awesome. And then the other one is a more well-known name called Alex Hermosi. Okay. Actually, over there is $100 million offers. It's like 99 cents on Amazon. You should just buy that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I knew sure, Alex so before he became... He was big? Quite as rich and famous. Yeah. We were in Russell Brunson's mastermind group together. Nice. And nice. We sold our business and took a few years off. And I woke up from my hibernation and, and he's everywhere. I was like, what happened to you, man? It's <laughs> impressive what people could do these days. And so some of the things that I would say is don't be a me too offer, right? Don't go out there if you're going to sell SEO or whatever and be like, I sell SEO too, right? You got to differentiate yourself. You got to focus on a path or solving some problem in a unique way that makes you different. Because most people aren't going out looking for SEO. They're looking for the results that SEO would potentially yeah. have. And SEO is just search engine optimization for those who haven't heard of it. One of the things, and I wish I had done this maybe first, I'd probably be maybe a little richer. The idea that go find the $100 customers, not the five cent customers in the sense that if you can solve bigger problems, people will pay you more money for it. If you're just another guy trying to bring hygiene appointments into a dentist, it's okay, 
great. Super excited to be crunched over the back, like working on somebody's mouth. I would like more hell, please sign me up for that. So you got to realize what you're selling and what the actual resulting experience is for the customer. But if you were to say, hey, we'll get you more customers that are going to do teeth in a day and get veneers or something like that. That's a bigger ticket item, a $69 hygiene cleaning, $40,000 for a mouth or whatever, right? It's more attractive. So if you can be the guy that solves that, you only have to get one or two of those every couple of months to really make it all worthwhile and have an easy and clear ROI versus scraping and fighting at the bottom of the barrel. So that would be one of them. The other thing is, and this is what I found with Reputation Igniter was provide and create an add-on service. So like my service always adds on. So it's great that I don't really compete with SEO agencies. I don't compete with other like pay-per-click. I don't compete with all these other guys. I help and assist those guys, right? So they don't have to go fire somebody else in order to hire me. So if you make it easy to do business with from that standpoint of, hey, we're just this other thing that's going to add on to what you're already doing, add some value, improve, increase it. I always think of, and you're, we're the same age, right? So it's, it's more of the idea of the game genie for, I think it was Nintendo, oh, right? It's yeah, just like, yeah. you put that thing on and it's, it's all the cheat codes, right? And all that kind of stuff. So your game just levels up as a result. So be the game genie. Don't be the other Nintendo cartridge that they have hundreds of. Be the one that they put onto it and it just, it, it unlocks things for them. And so that just makes it less of a hurdle for you to, to get through. And the other component to that, when you're reaching out to people, is this whole idea of the shoe buying method. If I want to sell shoes, I just need to go find where all the barefoot people are. Right. Yeah. So this is awesome. Right. I'm just, I'm going to go find out where all these barefoot people are. And then they're going to want to buy my shoes because they don't have shoes. So they're of course going to mm-hmm. want to buy my shoes. Right. And he mm-hmm. goes, you are going to have way more problems with this. And this is what I used to do in my business in the beginning was I would be approaching small businesses who like didn't do any marketing. And it was like, Hey, you're not doing any marketing. Here's the one marketing that you should do if you're going to do any other marketing. And what I didn't realize in the process of doing that is really, I was having to make two sales because first I had to sell them on the idea that they should do marketing. And Mm -hmm. then I had to sell them on the idea that they should do my kind of marketing. Right. So it just made it was just a way bigger deal and a way more uphill battle. And who I love, who are my best clients, in all honesty, are the ones that are spending buco bucks on marketing. Right. They're spending, you know, twenty five hundred, five grand, ten K a month. Right. On marketing. Those are the clients that get the best bang for the buck out of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea is, is like, don't go and approach somebody who's got bare feet. Go approach the Kim Kardashians of the world. Can't believe that was the name that I came up with. The idea <laughs> is like, find somebody who's got tons and tons of shoes. Right. Because that person probably wants to buy more shoes to mm-hmm. show them that you got a new shoe that does something different than all the other shoes that they have kind of thing. So I'd say that's the other piece to make your sales life a lot easier is. Don't go after the people who can't necessarily afford your product or your service, but go after the people who are already buying those things or what have you. I remember um, before I started my education business, we were doing free mastermind meetings with real estate investors locally and trying to get those people to go to those meetings and show up and have a presentation and add value was so hard. And then I started charging for it later on. It was actually way better. We made money from it. They brought more value. The group was way more valuable. Everyone's life was just way better. Yeah. Kind of interesting. But. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And that's where you get these epiphany moments, right? Like you're totally scared to do it because you think it's going to drive away so much business. But in essence, it does. It drives away all the business that you didn't actually want to have anyway. Mm-hmm. Stuff mm-hmm. that you know, constantly keeps you up at night are the customers who aren't happy, but you realize like after years in business, they were never going to be happy. And I literally tell my clients that yeah. all the time, especially since I'm in the review generation businesses. I'm like, look, there are some people 
who, even if Jesus Christ himself came out of the sky and put your roof on, they'd be like, eh, it's all right. Three stars. Okay. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the other piece of it, and I had elements of this, but I think I was doing this wrong is in the beginning, I was doing these like demonstrations, right? For clients to demonstrate the software. Right. And I can't even understand why or what I filled an hour with, but I literally would show them this platform for an hour. Right. That was going to cost them 97 mm. bucks a month. Yep. And I'm just thinking yep. to myself, like, what a devaluation of my time and their time. Eventually, and I can't remember who it was, but some somehow somebody gave me a couple of nudges and I was knocking out demos in like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, my God, it takes me so much less time to actually do that. So I think that's the thing is just thinking that you need to, like, spend more time with them to convey and deliver value. It's just it's not true. Yeah. And the problem was in executing those demos, a lot of the times I was just throwing up like, hey, here are all the features. And I was essentially making them sell themselves on the product. So the suggestion or what I would advocate for is don't make them sell themselves on the product by having them have to connect the dots. You connect the dots for them. Yeah. And so one of the things that Frankie Finn talks about is there's really like a three-step method. First, it's a dramatic demonstration of showing them, hey, here's what before looks like. Here's what after looks like. So they can understand, hey, this is where you're at using and working with us, this is where you're going to be, yeah. right? In, in X time. And so they can vision. Russell Brunson talks about this a lot, future pacing. It's a big mm -hmm. thing in the internet marketing world, right? But it's okay. How do you not do that in an hour and a half webinar where you're like selling some high ticket program? But how do you do that in a conversation that's really easy? And it's showing, it's not telling, right? Because you mm -hmm. say a bunch of words, you want to show them the example, the result, right? And don't show them something that's going to stress them out. Show them something that's going to delight them. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. Want to know a secret? There's more to becoming a millionaire than making money. We talk a lot about building businesses and taking the road less traveled to achieve your goals. But the most successful entrepreneurs we know will tell you investing and growing your money is an essential component to creating wealth, which is why we're really excited about today's sponsor for this episode, Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. It's never too late to start growing, and it's never too early either. You've heard us say about a million times on this podcast that it takes small, consistent steps to build big results. And we love Acorns and how accessible it is to people at all levels of investment knowledge. So head to acorns.com forward slash MU or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. 
Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash MU. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC. Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. I could show somebody, for example, what I do is I go, hey, this is Ace of Plumbing and Ruder. Before they were they worked with us, they were 52 reviews, 3.8 stars, right? And then this is what they were 48 months later. They had 446 reviews and they had 4.8 stars. And then I literally show them a video of them scrolling through all the reviews and showing how many reviews they get in each single week. So they're like, dude, that's awesome. Now, alternatively, I could show them all the emails they get of all the reviews, but nobody wants more emails. So why did I show mm-hmm. them emails? I want to show them their yeah. Google business profile looking like really sexy and hot, right? That's what I say there. And then you just show them a simple plan to getting to where they want to go. Don't make it complicated. The more complicated it is, the more they have to think about it, right? So just say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to connect our system up to your customer database. We're going to automate the whole process of following up, and you're going to get these awesome results. Here's how much it costs. Here's what we're willing to do. And that's where I'd say Alex has been a huge influence is, hey, what's your offer? That's mm-hmm. where most people are worried about. I got to do this awesome webinar. I got to do this awesome marketing. No, just have an awesome kick butt offer. And you will actually mm-hmm. have people coming through the gates for you, just wanting your thing, right? And you know, be willing to take a little bit of a risk on that offer. I think that's where most people won't risk enough to show that they believe in their product enough. It's, hey, have a 30-day trial. Dude, everybody does that. How about a six-month, 200% money-back guarantee? I think that what we're going to do is going to add so much value to your business that I'll give you six months to return it, and I'll even pay you for for taking all that time. Risk something in your offer. It's not going to appeal to everybody, of course, but you will get a considerable amount of more people that will take you up on the offer. So even if you did have to pay it out, that you'd still have captured a lot of business. You got to do something to stand out these days. Uh, But yeah, so I'd just say, make sure that your offer is it. And I think most people spend too much time worrying about other details, but their offer sucks, right? uh If you're doing cold emailing, you're doing cold outreach via text message, or you're doing cold calls or whatever. It's just your offer is just a meh. Oh yeah, no, I know a guy that does that and they just write you off kind of thing. So I think that's the important piece is just making sure whatever you're doing causes you to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. So just, I would say that those are like my biggest takeaways from kind of 10 years in business. I would say, make sure that you're passionate about the life that you're creating, realizing that you can be passionate about just the process of Mm -hmm. growth and getting better at something and just beating on your craft every single day. I think that's the problem with our generation is they want things to be exciting and entertaining like all the time. And I think the people who are really going to succeed in our generation in terms of standing up businesses and those businesses sticking around are going to be the ones that have the discipline to just go in there on the days that they don't feel like it, do the work that they know needs to get done and just continue to grow. And that's really all I've done. It's not like I'm some special guy. It's not like I took a bunch of marketing classes, right? Mm -hmm. For goodness sakes, I just, I read a ton of stuff online. I put it into practice. A lot of it sucked and didn't work. And I just kept the stuff that kept working, right? You know, kind of lastly, I would say that if you can, I would go and I would get some mentors that have maybe done what you're trying to do or done something similar in a similar space. Maybe you're just in a different industry per se. But at the same time, I would also say if you don't find one, because this is what I think also is everybody's always getting ready to get ready. If you don't find one, go start doing what you already, what you feel you need to do, or you feel compelled to do to serve and deliver, because that's probably going to morph and change anyways. As time goes on, my business is evidence of that. But by the time you actually find somebody, you'll know how to vet them and determine whether or not they can actually add value to your life. And if that relationship is worthwhile, and you'll also be able to get to point to all the things that you've done in the past that would demonstrate that you're somebody worth investing their time in. Because I think that's another thing too, is like you get lots of these people who are like, oh, I'd love to start a business. Can you mentor me? And I'm like, bro, you are so far from where I can actually start to help you that 
it just doesn't make sense yet. So why don't you go start something, slave away and do things for at least two to three years, then come talk to me. And then I can really help you accelerate things because you're just, you're not really in the frame of mind to just do what I say. And you're also not going to understand the depth of the value of what I'm actually saying when I'm saying it, if that makes sense. Because I think there's things, if you go back and you listen to what I just shared, and maybe you're 90 days into business or one year into business, and you go and you listen to it again when you're five years into business or 10 years into business, I think what I'm sharing is going to have a radically different impact on you. I think you're going to find different things, right? Same thing with reading oh, a book. Why should you read a book again? Your attention span is, is only so much and you have these spikes, right? And so depending on when you read something, was it in a spike zone or was it in a flat zone? You might miss something. So that's why it's important to read it. So you've been doing the white label SaaS and you said you're going to yep. get into some other agency stuff. What are you getting into? If you don't mind sharing. I've got some choice clients. Some have been working with me for five years. Some have been working with me for 12 months where they're like, dude, I like you, Chris. I like the way that you operate. Do you do this? And I've been very fortunate to build a pretty significant network and a lot of expertise over the years. So I've been opening myself up to doing local SEO for certain clients, right? Now they have to have a significant budget, right? None of the stuff that I'm doing is, oh, I'll do that for 250 bucks a month. I'll do that for 500 bucks a month. Nope. My clients who are doing other things, like it's a minimum of 2,500 bucks a month that we're doing stuff with them. And so a lot of local SEO, we're really just helping them trying to get ranked in the maps pack because they've got yep. great reviews. It's just- That fits right along sure with the review through. automation. Yep. So it's natural extension, path of least resistance, low-hanging fruit. I already have these clients. It's not a very hard add-on. And then I assume, are you working with someone to do the legwork of that? I mean, assume you're not going to be doing all that on your own. No, man, I'm not interested in learning all that. That space yeah. has grown so significantly in the last Wait. seven and a half years. I can't even begin to like pretend like I know what's going on. So I just rely on some white label partners to execute on that. Exactly. Okay, I cool. just kind of maintain the ratio. But in that, in all reality, like I found an agency that I don't even have to maintain that relationship. Somebody will execute on it and maintain the relationship, do all the additional check-ins and all that communication. Because I'm not excited about building a huge, enormous team and getting an office and all that kind of stuff. I think you have kids and then things just shift and you're like, yeah, I don't need to walk around the office and get my validation from other people. It's like my validation is from being at home and being with my kids and watching them grow up and and being there to watch all those like micro growth moments kind of thing. And I'm doing some pay-per-click too for clients. And I would say in terms of launching this secondary agency. I'm running a couple of ideas past other clients and uh, reaching out to a couple of potential influencers to figure out like, hey, if I was actually to build out or create this product for you or the solution for you, would you see value in it? So what I'm trying to do is understand some product market fit before I launch in and overly commit to something. So I'm just in the process of testing the waters there. I'm also in an indirect way testing the waters through these other clients that I'm serving with very specific types of solutions for them. And I'm trying to identify, hey, is there a hundred dollar niche in here that I can pull out from all Mm. the other five cent niches that's going to be a really attractive offer to somebody as opposed to just like, oh yeah, okay, you do that too. Because I'm not exactly excited about going out and let's go ram SEO down a whole bunch of HVAC and plumbing companies throats. I'd rather just go slam my head against a wall. It just doesn't make sense. I feel like I'm going out of order here. You have an engineer background. What made you want to start a marketing agency from the beginning? I think the catalyst for that was I've been doing a lot of online marketing. I had a bunch of muses as as Tim Ferriss would call it over Mm. the years, those times that I was in the Navy. The hard part about starting a business in the Navy is you go out to sea for big swaths of time. The internet is limited on a ship, not just from bandwidth, but also from the sites that you're allowed to go visit. So it's Mm -hmm. not like I could go build a website while I'm over in the North Arabian Gulf. It's a little Mm -hmm. difficult, especially when you're doing it over satellite. But I just really got enamored with the idea and the concept of, of marketing and digital marketing and the freedom that allowed I could do it from anywhere. I recently just moved my family from Pacific Northwest. We were up in Seattle 
Seattle. Moved them all down to Dallas. I would say 98% of my network has no idea that I've moved. And marketing and sales are two skills that just will always have to be present. Even if AI takes over most of it, you still need a human to think through how a human's going to interact and what they're going to react to kind of thing. And so I think it's just, it's a skill set that's always necessary. I can go apply that to anything. Arguably, there's been thoughts of like with all the baby boomers selling their businesses to just go buy one of those and apply all of my skills to Mm -hmm. just streamlining that organization, getting it super digital friendly and just causing something that had been around for 25 years, but been operating on paper, converting it to the digital age and having that thing just scream in three or four years. Now I have kids. So the idea of going and running a traditional business is just not here. Maybe when the kids are out of the house, then I'll go buy up some businesses and maybe possibly do something like that. But I don't know, man, you know, it's working like four hours a day or whatever. It's hard to go. Yeah. I just wanted to connect the dots with everyone. It's so easy right now. It's like you're an engineer you're in the Navy and then you're like, I think I want to do this thing. And you went and you took action yeah. on that thing and probably yeah. learned some things, made some money, felled forward type thing. And then you talk to your wife and hey, why don't you focus on this? Okay, I'm gonna focus on this one thing, but I don't need to go out and pay someone 300 grand to create a product. I can just tap into what they're doing. It's already there. Yep. It's no heartache on them. Then you were able to go and take people that you already had relationships with to get traction in that. You're able to focus on that. And then over time, you're like, okay, cool. This thing is working. How can I do more of that? What's another low hanging fruit? But you were also no Notice like you got family, you're like, I don't want to work with a big team. And then you're like, hey, let's add on some other services to these same people. And here you are today. Just giving people different ideas. You don't have to go out and raise hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions, whatever it is. And start this big startup that has a one in 10 chance of surviving. Just go start somewhere. Start doing something. Don't write a 42 page business plan because you probably won't be doing two years from now what you think you're going to be doing. But just start and then go down that path. Just like the song, right? Just around the river bend. You can't see the next bend until you go to one bend. Hey, did I tell you all that? Because that was literally the journey. No, (laughs) thinking of doing the $300,000 software and being like, no, I I could do this better. And there's so many more features I would add to it. And my wife, I do credit her with some significant impacts on some decisions that I made. One of them was joining BNI because her dad had done that. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. I want to blog my way to success. Yeah, that doesn't work. You actually got to meet real people and build relationships. And the second one was, she's like, I don't know, your business just sounds like it's really hard to sell. And it's really confusing. Like, I don't (laughs) even kind of get what you do. Like, why don't you just focus on one thing and make it like really productized and really easy to sell and make it at a price point that people understand. Bam, reputation igniter comes six months later. And I'm like, man, I should have just listened to her earlier. So same thing with the whole blogging thing. Should have listened to her six months earlier. Yeah, that's why she's my ride or die for sure. She's she's epic. But yeah, we're literally thinking about going to her dad and being like, let's go take a $300,000 loan out from him. And let's go build the software ourselves because I was going to have to transition between, what was it, Reputation Loop at the time. We're going to go to Grade.us. And I could do this better. And then I was just mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Why would I do that? The heartache of hurting software engineers and just the changes that are going on. Let somebody else deal with all of that back end mm-hmm. stuff that totally sucks. And just be the front end part that is what actually causes everything to work and to move. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Just no. go out and do something. And e- even if you fail, whatever, you learned a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, exactly. it's more than I would say that you would probably learn in a, in a school class right? Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. People go to school and they spend tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, they get a piece of paper and they don't have any money to show for it, but they're like, yes, I did it. I'm a huge success. So in business, if you go out and it doesn't work out perfectly, maybe you'll make a little bit of money or maybe you lose a little bit of money, but you learned a ton. 
then they feel like a failure and they want to quit and give up. But no, look how far you've come. Just keep going. You now have a knowledge that most people don't have. You have experience most people don't have. Just keep going. And I always say, try not to spend a bunch of money along the way. You never lose money that you don't spend. So in your case, you didn't put out that right. 300 grand risk. By the way, yeah, I heard some of that on the other podcast. So yeah, some of that okay, story I was familiar, right? <laughs> that when you asked that question, I misunderstood. So yeah, I, did, I didn't know some of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mind reader. That's cool. So re really yeah. quick, let's just talk <laughs> about, impressive. so you're saying you, you work about four hours a week. I meant to say four hours a day. Sorry for throwing you off there, Chris. Which is typically yeah. what I do more or less, right? Depending on the day and stuff. But I'm in a yeah. similar boat. I want to do things like this. We took a couple of years off after we sold our business. I never miss one of any of my kids' stuff. There's never a question like, oh, dad doesn't spend enough time with us. If anything, I need to give them more space, right? <laughs> so I don't smother them. But literally when I talk to you, your kids were in the background. I could mm -hmm. tell you spend a lot of time with your family, put your family first. Yeah, I was uh, probably for this last year, especially as we transitioned down here to Dallas, it's been a lot more family time. So yeah, I was probably working about four hours a week, just doing customer support calls. Wasn't really growing the business kind of aggressively. I think more of my clients have seen my kids over the last year than any time previous, just because my office is attached to my oldest son's room at the moment. And so he'll get up from his nap and a barge through the door because like the lock on the door doesn't really work all that yeah. well, right? So it's, I just pick him up. I show him I'm a real human with a family and you know, what you're paying on feeds. Um, and so, yeah, I was probably working about four hours a week. I would say though, like recently, probably in the last month and a half, I've really revved things up and I probably probably work about four hours a day. On yeah, a bad awesome. day, it's about six hours a day when I'm really like focused. I think the funny thing is like, I've tried to build my stamina back up for, it used to be- I, I we hear work, you, man. You know, I my wife, you. <laughs> right? My wife and I would work seven days a week for three days, for three years straight. She was working in, in medical in the operating room to essentially keep our standard of living. And I was working, trying to get the business off the ground. You know? And so yeah. it's like, there is a period where you have to do that. And you just have to make, I don't even have to say sacrifices. You just have to make, make it those, work. those investments, right? Yeah. yeah for a time later. And yeah, so now I'm really kind of slamming on the gas right now with four to six hour days. And that's only because I'm excited about what I'm doing. And I'm excited about the life Holy. that the kids are going to have. And we just, we want to go from earning multiple six figures to, to getting into the seven figure range take home so that we can just afford better education for the kiddos, more travel. Yeah. We're just, we're putting down roots down here and we're just excited to explode that life. And so it's all from a choice. It's not out of necessity where it was when I was first starting. Yeah. Business. Maslow's actor needs. You got to put food on the table. Yep. You do whatever it takes. And then you realize I'm not seeing my kids a ton, but I, I got to feed my kids. And then once you can feed your kids, you got to yeah. be like, where are my priorities? What am I still working? Right. 12 hour days, 15 hour day, whatever it is. And then it's, okay, let's throttle back. And sometimes you throttle back a lot. Then it's, mm -hmm. okay, I don't need to be out here literally with my kids like 24 seven, like they need to grow and develop. <laughs> I've gone through all that. Okay. Yeah. Now what do I want to do? How do I want to give back the fulfill, not just sit around and like watch my kids and go play all the time. There's more to life, finding that balance. Yeah, you're not, con you're not contributing. And I was actually, one of the things I was going to say that you were kind of touching on it. I think that's part of the journey of the entrepreneur, right? And especially as you're making that transition from the traditional mindset of having a job and being an employee to like being an entrepreneur and myself as a perfect example, right? Like I was hiding behind my degrees just because you mm -hmm. did something one time doesn't mean that you necessarily are amazing. Now, I'm not discounting anybody that has those degrees, not like I'm discounting the experience and the journey that I went through sure. to achieve those certain things. But I think especially in corporate America, like people can just get certifications and all these things. They live their life for their resume and not really for their eulogy, so to speak. The hardest journey for me was moving 
moving away from look at the letters after my name, look at the things that I've done in the past. And instead Mm. the internal journey of, Hey, where is my self-worth come from? What is it rooted in? What is important to me? And just realizing, yeah, just because I'm not like popping up in your LinkedIn feed from some new, amazing, incredible thing that I've done or achieved doesn't mean that I'm worth any less. And in fact, I think I have more satisfaction in terms of just who I feel like I am and what I've created than I would have ever if I had climbed to be the CEO of some engineering company, right? Or become Mm. an admiral in the Navy or something. All things that I think I probably could have done if I put more time into it. It's just like, what kind of life would you be left with at the end of it? Totally. Yeah, yeah. what life do you want to live? Yeah. I love it. All right, Chris, I appreciate your time, man. Of course. I never know how to end these things off. Yeah. (laughs) What I would say is if anybody does want to reach out or connect to me, my email is chris at ignite.reviews. No.com, no.biz after that. And yeah, if anybody wants access to BirdEye at discounted prices or go high level, feel free to reach out to me. Happy to open some doors for you. Like we talked about earlier, I've got an abundance mentality and I'm not really looking at the things as scarcity. Awesome. Yeah. Anything I can do to help and continue on. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we'll be in touch. I love it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Woo! My man, Chris Lolini, bringing the heat. I don't know about you guys, but I've got a whole page of notes and I don't usually take a lot of notes. So that's pretty impressive coming for me. He talked about the concept of thinking about SaaS as service alongside a software. That's like a tongue twister (laughs) versus software as a service. I love that thought and how you can add value to something that's already existing versus competing with people, you can work with them. He talked about a couple books that inspired him to become an entrepreneur, Being Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and The 4-Hour Workweek, which are pretty much probably the most common standard that you'll hear of kind of those classic books that really help inspire people to want to become an entrepreneur and how they can do it better. With 4-Hour Workweek, he specifically mentioned Chapter 6, which is about lifestyle design, which I'm a big fan of. I believe that you can create the life you want. And if you don't create the life you want with intention, someone else will create your life for you or it'll just happen. And it may not be the life that you had hoped for. He also mentioned the book Beyond Agency Profits by Frankie Finn and $100 million offers by Alex Hermosi. We talked about selling bigger, more exciting offers versus low ticket, low price, not so intriguing offers. If you're going to put in the work, you may as well get the return on your time. We also talked about the concept of not trying to go find people who aren't wearing shoes if you want to sell shoes and how if you try to sell something to someone who doesn't already have it or see the value in it, you got to do a double sell. Not to mention, they're probably a lot less likely to spend very much money with you if they do buy anything, and they might be pretty difficult customers to work with. We talked about Frankie Finn's three-step method and the dramatic demonstration and how you want to talk about what their life or their situation is going to be, or their business, is going to be like before and after they work with you. Focus more on the benefits versus the features. Future pacing, where are you now, where do you want to go, and this is what is going to help you get there. We also talked about money-back offers and how maybe you can get a little stronger than just your typical 30-day money-back guarantee. Could be a little riskier on your end, but if you're going to deliver, then why not back it up? I know for us, at least on our education products, we always gave anyone their money back anyway, whoever wanted it at any time, pretty much. So why not make that a part of your offer and see if it can help you get some more customers. Now, be careful doing this if you're selling a really expensive physical product, like if you're selling like a car and they, I think you know where this is going, right? But if you're selling a software or an education product or a low ticket item, then it could help you get more sales and have a better customer experience. I also love that we just kept it real and talked about how you're not always 
is going to love every moment of everything you're doing. It's just not how it works. I think I heard Chris mention specifically, be passionate about the life you're creating. Be passionate about the process and growth of something. Because the truth is, even if you're focusing on something that you're passionate about, there's going to be a lot of things around that thing that you're not passionate about. Or maybe you stop being passionate about the thing because what used to be fun now became work. The problem is I see too many people thinking, oh, I got to do what I'm passionate about. I got to be excited. And if I'm not, that's a sign that I shouldn't be doing this thing. And then they quit or they go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. And they never get traction. They never really get growth. I can almost guarantee you with certainty that you can get passionate about just about anything you do when it starts making really good money for you and your family and it changes your life and it helps other people and it changes their life and helps improve their life. And if you create systems and processes, then you don't have to work as much. You can be more flexible and then you can do whatever you want with your time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's not possible or there's not a time or place to make money doing the things you're passionate about. I would say what I'm doing right now is probably one of the things that I enjoy doing more than anything in this world. Talking to you guys, teaching people, helping people work with people. But even then, to get this moment where you are hearing me and we're connecting and having this awesome moment takes a lot of other work that I don't necessarily particularly enjoy. And I did a lot of other things before this, things of which I wasn't particularly passionate about just about any of them, but I was passionate about the process and the people. Okay, some of the people and the challenge and overcoming hard things and doing hard things and being consistent and then really enjoying the result that it got. When you're on vacation with your family, when you have that extra free time to spend with your kids and go to their activities, when you're able to give back to people in need, when you don't have to follow someone else's schedule, you can do the things that you need and want to do when you need and want to do them. That's what makes it all worth it. Did you guys just see what I did right there? That's called future pacing. Boom. Thanks, Chris, for telling everyone my secrets. But the main thing I want you guys to get from this podcast is seeing what Chris has done. While he's an incredibly hard worker and has taken some risk, he's figured out a way to work smarter and take less risk. And it allows him to pivot more easily if he wants to. So I just Googled reselling software. I'm sure you could Google white labeling software. And there are a ton of resources and different software products that you can sell under your brand or company name. So boom, there you go. You have the product all done. No risk on your part. Just make sure you understand what you're selling, of course, and then go and find the people who have that need and help explain it to them and how this can help them. And we're always talking about the importance of KPIs. So just think about it. If you reached out to 50 people per day and out of those 50 people, you end up doing demos with five of them. Keep it short, just like Chris talked about. And just one of them purchased $150 per month software from you. Now, I'm pretty sure the licensing fees are less than this, but just to make numbers easy, let's say you walk away with $100 per month per day from doing that after paying the company that you're white labeling the software from. Assuming you're working just weekdays, five days a week, after one year, you would be making $25,800 per month. Now, I know there would be some attrition there, but I also know that you can make more than $100 per person. And some of these people might refer other people. And then you'll have paying clients, paying customers that just like Chris, you can possibly offer other products and services too. Boom, baby. I love business. Don't you guys love it? Oh, it's so good. All right, guys, I'm getting a little excited here. I hope you are picking up what I'm throwing down. 
It's getting a little late and it's time for me to go hang out with the fam. If you want to reach out to and connect with Chris, you can hit him up at Hold on. Okay, got it. It's Chris at ignite.reviews. No.com or anything like that. Just Chris at ignite.reviews. And as always, you can always reach out to myself or the missus, Justin at Millionaire University or Tara at Millionaire University. We are always happy and excited and thrilled to hear from you and answer any questions you might have. Other than that, keep moving forward one day at a time. Lifestyle design, you can create your own life. You can create your dreams. You gotta take action on it though. You can't just have the dream board and wish upon a star. You gotta take action on it. Some people pass by success because it's often dressed up in overalls and looks like work. But here at MU, we ain't afraid of doing no work. We aren't afraid of a little discomfort. It's just a to-do list. A well-organized, prioritized to-do list that can and will change your life forever. Until next time, this is Justin Williams, your chief money-making millionaire mentor, signing off. Hey, Eric Fisher here, and if you love the conversations and lessons happening on this show, and you've heard my voice before, you'll love my show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's a podcast about productivity and getting things done in all the areas where we wear multiple hats and roles, but also about the true meaning of productivity, living a more meaningful life. Look, you've got a never-ending to-do list, but add this podcast to your to-do list and it will help you tackle the rest. Go right now, wherever you're listening to this, and search Beyond the To-Do List and hit follow or subscribe. Start listening and get that boost for your productivity that you've been needing. Again, that's beyond the to-do list. Search in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.